For over 20 years, I've had a weight issue that was masking a deeper issue, food addiction. Welcome to Foodiction, a podcast about food addiction recovery. I am your host, Julie Hatch. I hope each of you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Now that we have resurfaced from the feast of the holiday season, <laughs> some of you may be wondering, Julie, did you actually get through Thanksgiving? Did you manage to have success with that? I did an entire episode on Thanksgiving Day dedicated towards talking about everything leading up to the holidays, what that was like for me, the things that I was worried about, all of my nerves and anxiety, what and why I chose to do a reset or if you're a Brightline member, a resume on Thanksgiving day instead of waiting until the day after. So I go into detail about that on the bonus episode. If you have some anxiety surrounding the holidays, Um, especially those of you who are just getting started and have Christmas ahead of you, you may want to do yourself a favor and tune into that episode. It will offer you, I think, a lot of comfort and a lot of um, insights and additional support. With that being said, I am super excited about today. I think when I do these interviews with special guests, they are some of my most favorite episodes because no two stories are the same and each person that has come on brings something different to the table. So I really think it's just awesome to hear from others and hear about their successes. I never get tired of success stories ever, 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 ever. They are so highly motivational and inspiring. So today I am interviewing Erin Hart She is a mother, she's a nurse, and she happens to be a health coach. She talks about her journey through overcoming food addiction. She's someone who has not only set and achieved her health goal, but is now maintaining and paying it forward by helping others overcome their food addictions. I highly recommend that you either, you might want to grab something to take notes with, Uh, Anytime I do an interview, in fact, I think that's always a good idea. Just take some notes, jot them down, the things that really stick out to you so that you don't forget later. And then also you'll want to tune in until the very end because she shares how you can connect with her. So if there's something that resonates with you that she said, or if there's just something about her that you feel drawn to and you want to reach out to her, she shares that at the end of the episode. So you'll want to tune in at the very end. And trust me, I know that she will not disappoint. She expresses herself so beautifully. And uh, I've just been really looking forward to this. So without further delay, here's the interview. Well, Erin, I'm so glad to finally officially meet you. What a great opportunity because I have been following you on Facebook in the group for a little while. And I'm excited to hear what you have to share with us today. I'm excited to talk to you, Julia. It'll be so fun. Well, I would like to begin just by giving you an opportunity to share a little bit about yourself. And you may even want to share the group that I'm in with some of the listeners. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name's Erin Hart. I am a registered nurse. I'm a 
health coach. I'm a mom of three little girls. And a little bit about my story is a couple of years ago, <clears throat> I found myself at 284 pounds. I just remember looking into the mirror one day and not recognizing the person staring back at me. I had gained 120 pounds over 10 years and, and, you know, just had, uh, have had tried everything to, to be successful with weight loss and, and my health, I just felt so out of control around food and, and wow. I so hopeless and powerless. So, but yeah, there is hope. And, uh, I found Brightline Eating, which, uh, really led me into the direction of that sugar and flour free lifestyle. And I lost 125 pounds in less than a year and have kept it off for over a year. And yeah. And, and I started my own business as a health coach to help other people to achieve success with their health goals. So it's been just a transformational experience for sure. That is amazing because when I, I've only ever known you in your right size body. I've, I can't even wrap my mind around you being 120 pounds overweight. <laughs> You're such a petite, small thing. When I see on Facebook that I'm like, wait a minute, how is that even possible? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. wild. Um, and I'll have you share at the end of this episode, I'll have you share links or anything like that so that people can find you. But the question that I have, you've been on this journey for quite some time. I love that you're now paying it forward and helping others through um, their health journey. What is in your mind the number one obstacle that you feel like you had to conquer <laughs> through your health journey? Yeah, absolutely. I think that losing weight is such a mental game. And <laughs> so... For me, just mastering my mindset has been huge and, and learning how to do that and <clears throat> um, learning how to overcome those sabotaging thoughts that hold us back, you know, or um, th that lead us to self-sabotage, uh, learning to, yeah, just really master uh, my mindset was such a huge part in my transformation. My, my physical transformation was so dramatic, but but just as dramatic was the mental and emotional and spiritual transformation that happened as well. And uh, so that definitely played a big part in, in overcoming those obstacles that arise. What do you think helped you the most to overcome those obstacles? Yeah. So, you know, um, it was just a year where I really dove deep into learning about mindset and transformational thinking. And I did um, some courses and events with Tony Robbins, like uh, went to some of Tony Robbins events and, and um, got some coaching from um, Jody Moore. And, <clears throat> you know, so like filled my mind with podcasts and books and self-help mm -hmm. and, and things like that to really get me in the right frame of mind to transform. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but to me, like mastering your mindset really comes down to learning to have vision. Uh, so one thing that I've, um, learned is that when you're approaching a really big goal, like losing all of your excess weight, 
and Mm -hmm. keeping it off long-term, you really have to have sight and vision, right? Like it's this huge metaphorical mountain in front of you. It seems so overwhelming and paralyzing when you look at how far you have to go. But part of mastering your mindset is, is just imagining yourself on the other side of it, having that vision of what your Mm -hmm. life would be. And, um, and then, you know, having sight and vision. So the vision to look far ahead into the future, uh, what life could be like, um, and then having the sight to look directly in front of you so that you can take the next step. So um, some mindset work like that has really helped me. I did a lot of journaling. I did <laughs> a lot of um, kind of practicing new thoughts and and choosing new beliefs, um, and, you know, learning how to control my thoughts, I think was a big, Mm -hmm. big deal. Going into it, do you feel like, did you ever have moments where you just felt like this is impossible? (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, when I started, that's exactly what I felt when I was looking into the mirror. And I didn't Mm -hmm. recognize the person staring back at me. I just, I literally thought it was impossible for me to lose weight. And, and I felt so hopeless and I felt so powerless and, um, you know, but yeah, that's just the message that I feel so called to share is that the impossible is possible and we can achieve extraordinary success with our health. We just need to master our mindset, we need to have the right strategy and then just consistently execute our plan, you know, develop those habits and routines that will support Mm -hmm. us throughout our life. Do you feel like there were definitely emotional things that you had to sort through and work through as well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the physical weight for me was really just an expression of all of the emotional weight that I was carrying around. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm a nurse, like I said, and, and for the past 15 years, I've worked in the hospital and in an ICU setting for most of that time. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, as a mom, you know, of three little girls, that just rely on you to stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, like it's just can be really taxing emotionally. And for me, I used food like a drug to feel better, to deal with the stress of life um, mm-hmm. without having to face problems head on. And and so overcoming my physical, um, my you know my relationship my relationship with food, I, it all, I, it also took work to lose that emotional weight, to learn healthy ways to cope with the stresses and emotions of life. It's just as important as losing the physical weight for sure. I think that that's probably part of the reason going through the process of learning how to overcome food addiction is so complicated because it's not just one area of your life that you're addressing. It's so many different areas and it's the mental, it's the emotional, it's the physical, it's all of those things. And I think that's why sometimes too, it can feel so overwhelming and just like, I don't know if I can do this. 
because you look and you go, oh my gosh, and things start coming up emotionally and you've got to try and keep yourself in a healthy mindset and all of these things, all of these factors. I'm still, it's interesting to have this conversation with you because I'm not at the same point you are at. I'm still very much in the, like in the process of trying to address um, food addiction and just my behaviors, my mindset, all of it. And uh, there's definitely moments where I'm just like, man, this requires so much, <laughs> it requires a lot of work. It is work. But today I was reminded, and we've all heard this saying, and it sounds so trite and cliche, but there's so much truth to it, that the things worth having are worth working for. And that if you're willing to put in the work, you can achieve your desired result. You, you can and, and you will. You'll you will reach it. But it takes time and it takes patience. And one thing that isn't often talked about is how much, not just patience, but how much grace and mercy you need to give yourself during that learning curve. Did you find the same thing? Like, did you feel like there were definitely moments where you had to be like extend some mercy and grace to yourself through the whole process? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, um, no one is perfect and we're all having a human experience, right? <laughs> like we're, none of us are, are going to be perfect with our programs. I know that that's a big hang up. I think a lot of people have is, is those feelings of per the struggle with perfectionism, mm -hmm. overcoming the all or nothing mentality. But yeah, having an abundance of self-compassion is, is so key, you know, ditching the shame and guilt, being open, sharing your struggle, not isolating mm -hmm. and is, is how we really combat that shame and guilt. Um, and <clears throat> with what you were saying before, I love that quote that you mentioned, you know, like it's worth working for, um, to me. Um, the thing I always say is that, is it, is if it were easy, everyone would do it. Yep, it's, it's, so not, it's not going to be easy all of the time. Like we can definitely, um, implement strategies that make it so much easier. Uh, you know, like by really sticking to your plan and going all in, uh, mm -hmm. it makes it so much easier mentally. But we have to go back to like why it's worth it for us, like why it's something that is so important for us. And <clears throat> I call that the deep why. So, mm -hmm. you know, those like if you're what if you're struggling with your program, a lot of times it's because our why isn't deep enough. Like we really need to dive deep into why this is so important for us to be successful if, mm -hmm. if our why is deep and strong enough, then, then no matter how big the obstacle is, no matter, um, no matter if we, if we don't know how to do it, like we're going to figure out a way we're going to blow past any obstacle. If you have a deep enough reason why. And for me, it was my little girls. <clears throat> it was, I have three little girls and, mm -hmm. um, and you know, working in the hospital with, when I worked with adults, it just, I saw the consequences of living. Yeah. With I saw the years that were stolen from people's lives. I saw the quality of life that they lived, you know, um, 
with diet related diseases. And, and I was kind of resigned to live that way because I didn't think it was possible to change, but I'm so glad that I was wrong. You know, when I, that my wake up moment, when I saw myself in the mirror that day and I just knew, you know, for my girls, I wanted to be there for them. I wanted Mm. to, I wanted to be a mom that could go hiking with them and teach them how to ski and, and that could be there emotionally for them. And, um, and the food was really holding me back from that. So, so they were my deep why. And, and and that's what really led me to committing to this lifestyle, to giving up the sugar and flour and, and embracing this new identity, which has just turned out to be such an incredible journey and such an amazing blessing in my life. For sure. I really agree with what you're saying, because there's times in my life when I've had goals like my why is because I want to look good at a wedding versus my why is I want to live without healing over from a heart attack or stroke, you know, or I want to live so I can see my grandbaby. I want to, you know, my deep why is that exactly that reason. Um, My lowest point was, you know, having a doctor stare me in the face, holding my blood results in her hands and saying, you are a walking heart attack or stroke waiting to happen. And, and ironically at that moment in time, you know, and still, cause my granddaughter isn't here yet. She'll, she's due December 31st. Um, but I started thinking about my own children and one's married and that was such a wonderful, um, and joyous occasion. And I wanted more of those experiences with my children and with my husband and my friends and the reality of just my relationships and how my health can affect my relationships. If I'm not here, I don't get to enjoy them, you know? (laughs) So that deep why I think is really important because I, I had in the past, you know, why is, but they weren't quite as deep. It was more superficial. Like I want it so I can look good for a graduate or a, not a graduation, a family, a, a school reunion. I can talk really. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it so that I could look good at a wedding and feel good in my body. I wanted it for those things, but also inevitably it was very easy to, to derail from those because they were kind of more short term. And I realized that my why needed to be more, I think, long-term. It needed to be something that was um, an impact, something that could impact me for the rest of my life and not just for a fleeting moment. So I, I love that, you're, that you talked about the deep why, and that is a huge part of it. I think what's also interesting is, and, you know, I'm really curious to see what you think about this too, Erin. As I, I didn't come into Brightline Eating until two years ago. So up until two years ago, it was more like I'm addressing my weight issue, but never seeming to touch on the food addiction. And then once I recognized and learned about food addiction, it was a game changer because my approach wasn't just Again, it wasn't just a short-term thing or just, I need to release weight. It had a, it goes deeper into your habits. It goes deeper. And I think into your lifestyle, do you feel like there's kind of a difference between approaching it from the lens of like, 
I just need to release weight versus I just, I have a food addiction that I would like to heal. Do you feel like there's differences between those two? <clears throat> um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Julie. Because when I read the book the first time, um, I actually read the book three times <laughs> when I first found it because it just rings so true to me. And mm -hmm. but the part of the book I didn't really identify with at that time was the food addiction piece. I didn't think I was a food addict. I, I thought I was just an overeater, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but when I when I went through the detox of that first week, not having um, sugar and flour, I was so blown away because I was having symptoms and signs and symptoms of withdrawal, yep. just like mm -hmm. the patients I had cared for in the hospital who were withdrawing from drugs, who were withdrawing right. from alcohol and other mm -hmm. medications. And it was so eye-opening to me to see that. And I had no idea that I had an addicted brain. And so a big part for me was um, surrendering to that, um, to being a food addict. Right. And the way I like to think about it, though, is I don't ever say I am a food, a food addict, <clears throat> even though I am. The way I like to phrase it is that I experience food addiction because identity is mm -hmm. so important. And, and so, you know, I choose not to say I am, but I choose to say I experience food addiction. And um, the difference for me is that it's not who I am. You know, it's not what, right. it's not what defines me. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a daughter of God. I am a mother. I am, you know, I, you know, I am me, but food addiction doesn't define me. So I do mm -hmm. experience food addiction. And it was a really big um, shift for me when I did just surrender to that. And mm -hmm. just because once you know the problem, then you have treatment. Like once you have right. a diagnosis in the hospital, you can know how to better treat it. And so I, I just know I can't mess around. Like, Right. I am highly susceptible to to food addiction and and you have to be careful and not casual with your recovery. That's so true. It's it's interesting because I feel that way. I feel like that applies to just about any label you can give yourself. I have ADHD. I don't go around saying I'm, you know, ADHD. I don't, you know, it's like I can say that about so many different things, you know. Um, being on the autism spectrum, all these things. And while those things may be what you experience, again, I think you have to be careful about letting that be your identity rather than the essence of who you truly are as a daughter of God or a son of God. I think the most important identity we can carry is, is that of a son or daughter of God. There's power in that. And, um, and discovering that is a beautiful process. But I love what you have to say about that. I know that there are actually um, several experts that have said the same thing to like kind of cautioning you not to just adopt this label like I am a food addict, but rather seeing it through the lens of this is what I'm experiencing, you know, um, in my life or what I have experienced, especially because 
I, I am one that does believe that you can overcome an, a food addiction. I believe that we can heal. If I didn't, then there would never be any reason for me to begin this journey to begin with, right? But um, I believe it can be. But it's just like if you were sick and you took medication, it doesn't mean that you can never be sick again. <laughs> Our health is one of those things that's a lifelong pursuit. It's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong thing. Some people even hesitate to call it a journey, but it's lifelong. That timeline is a lifelong one. And I think that when we can hold it in that perspective, that we're also able to be a little bit more compassionate towards ourselves and understand that, hey, there's nobody is per just like you said, Aaron, no one is perfect out the gate. Like it takes work. It takes effort. It takes time. And so you can't just expect that everything's going to be easy all the time. There's going to be times to work. There is this, I don't mean to take up your time talking, but I wanted to share this analogy because it's really great. Somebody on Facebook had posted two photos of an identical plant, but the difference is one plant was indoors in the sunlight in a window and the other one was outside. And it, it was a particularly windy day. She went to go water her plant inside and it was leaned over. It was like slumped over, like, like it melted. <laughs> and then she went outside to check on that plant and it was standing straight, even though it, they were having a windstorm. It was standing straight up. It wasn't leaned over and she thought, that is really something. And she wondered for a moment why. And she realized, you know what? In order for that plant to become strong, it needed the wind. And we're like that. In order to become strong, we have to go through those obstacles. We go through them to become stronger. And every obstacle has, I think, with it, the intention to become better versions of ourselves and to become stronger. But um, I just, I can't imagine, too, being a nurse because I have just started volunteering with hospice care. And I'm like, ooh taking care of others can be, can be emotional. I imagine, you know, that, that must've been interesting going through this journey for yourself while you're working in a field where you're caring for other people and seeing, you know, all the effects of some of their choices and things like that. But as far as a mother, as far as your role as a mother, what have your children, have you, do you feel like your relationship has changed at all as you've changed do you feel like your children are responding you to, to you differently or have they noticed some of those changes have they commented on them oh yeah absolutely um my kids they didn't even notice I lost like 125 pounds you know oh, no. like they're funny like they didn't even really because I never you're, <laughs> you're just mom at any weight mom yeah exactly they just love me no matter what and and um and I never talked about it in front of them and tried not to you know but yeah definitely <clears throat> I feel like I'm in such a healthier place not only physically having more energy having um more confidence, but also, yeah, emotionally and mentally and spiritually in a better place. Um, so I feel like I do have more to give. Like, I feel like I have more energy and, uh, that, you know, when I, I used to feel really guilty when I was really heavy because I just, 
dreaded like <laughs> playing with my kids because I was so mm -hmm. tired and you know but now like we have dance parties in the kitchen after Cute. dinner and um and you know I've been teaching my kids how to ski and and we have a so <laughs> hiking club you know and and I just feel more emotionally there for them when I have the confidence, uh, when they see me doing really hard things and overcoming obstacles and um, that it just has helped me to, to show them that they can do hard things too. And yeah, um, so it's definitely helped me as a mom. I mean, <clears throat> um, and going along with what you were saying about not being perfect and and making mistakes. I just, um, if I can go back to that really quick. Sure. Yeah. Feel so passionately about that, that this journey is not about being perfect. Like I, I never, ever recommend that people plan to go off of their plan. You know, I really encourage people to go all in with their program, sure. fully commit. But when you, when we make mistakes, it really does help us to become stronger if we take the time to do the self-reflection to learn mm -hmm. and uh and to adjust our strategy like we can you know one quote that I just love so much from Susan Pierce Thompson is I heard her say that success is coming back like success is just you fall down seven you fall down seven times and get up eight and you just keep coming back you keep trying it's that spirit of unstoppability. So mm -hmm. it's not about being perfect. It's really just about being unstoppable. And I feel like that has also been an important lesson for my kids um, mm -hmm. to, to learn. Like I share with them that, yeah, like I make so many mistakes, but I just keep trying and, you know, I can, and just teaching, having, helping them to develop that growth mindset. I agree. I also, I think it helps too to come into that, to come into a healthy lifestyle with a sense of almost like childlike curiosity and wonder, rather than looking at it like, this is what I have to do, but just being open to what you can learn along the way and, and what you can apply to your life. I think that allowing yourself to kind of take this adventure, so to speak, is such a wonder it can be a wonderful experience yes it can be hard but it can also be curious and it can be engaging and it can be fun I mean to learn I've learned so many new recipes and so many different things and that part of it is actually enjoyable for me um it's it's work but it doesn't mean it has to always be unenjoyable work <laughs> and it doesn't mean that um it has to be this you know I don't know, because when I first went into even addressing my health, I had kind of this, oh, you know, feeling like this, I don't know, hesitance, reluctance, all these things. And I had to really shift that to, um, to something that's more joyful and more curious and more almost like I'm conducting an experiment based on, on, on a hypothesis and I may get the answer I don't want, but that just means I'm back at the drawing board and, <laughs> um, figuring things out and learning as I go. And so much of this is just like that. It's just this process. Oh, um, I love that. 
And you know, it, you're right. It really doesn't have to be miserable. Like it can be fun and it can be a joyful experience. And, um, if we're feeling deprived all of the time and, you know, that's not going to be sustainable for us long-term. If, if you're feeling deprived, if you're feeling, um, like this is torture, like you're not going (laughs) to, it's not going to be sustainable for you. Like no one wants to live that way. So, the way, so we have to really develop and practice an abundance mindset, and we have to learn how to shift our thinking mm-hmm. um, so that we feel differently about it. If we, if it all comes down to the thoughts we're allowing ourselves to think, mm-hmm. that um, we actually have control over that. We have control over the thoughts that we choose. That we don't have to think it's hard, and that it's this is the worst, you know, like we can, we can replace our limiting beliefs and thoughts with empowering ones that lead us to take action and, and adopting that abundance mindset, like having that, um, you know, the way I think about my food is just that it is so abundant. Like I, I've lived in other countries that have, that would just die to like, able to eat this kind of food that I'm able to eat there it's so healthy it's so mm-hmm. nourishing it's colorful it's beautiful yep <laughs> it, um, you know that's like so we have to shift our thinking and and really adopt that abundance mindset I love what mm-hmm. you said about that great so where if somebody wanted to connect with you um what's the best way for them to do that or where can people find you Erin yeah, so I have a website. It's erinharthealthcoaching.com. And um, so I also have, I'm also on social media. So Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Erin Hart Health Coaching. Um, and I have a YouTube channel. I have lots of different places where you can find me, but the probably the best place to connect with me and to start engaging with me is in my Facebook group. So I have a private Facebook group. It's called Healthy Real Food, Sugar and Flour Freedom. And it's a private group and it's just an incredible place to get support at, for your program. You know, I'm, I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Julie. No, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just saying, I somebody in that group has sent me um, had sent me a, an invitation to join. And usually I don't Erin or I'll, I'll go in and I'll kind of just look around and leave (laughs) if nothing really grabs my attention. But what I want to share about this group is that it's amazing. Erin, you do such a wonderful job sharing information, sharing insights, um, supporting those that are in the group. I love the intimate feel of the group. There's so many things I love about this group. So I highly recommend if you're on Facebook, go hop into this group and follow Erin because she's amazing. She has such wonderful tips, wonderful information. That's where I started uh, picking up recipes. I was like, hey, cool, (laughs) or or even recipe ideas. But um, it's wonderful. So I would highly recommend like, poke your head in there. If you're on Facebook already, poke your head in there. Yeah. Thanks, Julie. And if you go to my website, um, I do offer a free 30 minute coaching call 
uh, to anyone. There's really no obligation to join my coaching program, but it's, it's just my way of giving back. I donate two and a half hours of my time each week to oh, doing wow. these free um, coaching calls. So, uh, so it really like if you're, if you need a little bit of help with your program, uh, you know, I'm not endorsed by or affiliated with Brightline Meeting in any way. So right. uh, I just have to be clear about that when I'm talking um, mm -hmm. in these kind of settings. But yeah, I do support people who are living a sugar and flour free lifestyle. And, and uh, that coaching call can be a great resource. So if you go to ErinHeartHealthCoaching.com, you can sign up there. Wonderful. Erin, I just want to thank you again for coming on and sharing your story and sharing your powerful insights. I love what you shared today and appreciate your willingness to be a guest on Foodiction. Um, so with that, I just wanted to say thank you. Yes. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be in the group. <laughs> thank you so much for the opportunity. It's so fun to talk to you and get to know you better. All right. You take care. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Mm -hmm.